Caught the BMW, new deposit, I picked up another bag like I'm a count while I'm in it. I had planes flying, crowds screaming, money counter chains clink. That's the side sound when you win it. I ain't joking, do it sound like I'm kidding. I've been making like Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. You know what I mean? It means a lot that you got. And and, and I want to thank the people that are, you know, that, that have subscribed. It means a lot that you actually care what, what I got to say. So I appreciate y'all. But this is where we'll start. First and foremost, let's let me give a shout out to the WNBA. The W and I and I say this a lot, but you know, it is what it is. The WNBA is usually um good with doing a lot of things right. Um you know, they they were an example uh you know, of course the WNBA even though it didn't get to, I mean, the mostly the NBA was talked about, but they did a really good job having a bubble for their players. Um, they're usually first and, and front and center when it comes to acting, acting or reacting to some of the social issues that we deal with. Um, yeah, they need to get better at some of the care and treatment for their players and, of course, the money situation. But shouts out to the WNBA. And the other night, uh, I think Thursday, the WNBA put on, you know, they showcased what they do best and that is the draft um the draft was really good man they of course they're still restricted to the COVID situation so they didn't have a huge uh you know draft all the players come and then you know do the hats and everything but you know with, with zoom and shouts out to holly Rowe. holly Rowe is an, an example of um someone that just does their job great I've never had a problem with Holly Rowe, but of course, I mean, if I did, who cares? But um, yeah, man, Holly Rowe did a great job. The WNBA did a great job with the draft. But with the draft, you know, it, it brings conversation. You know, a lot of people like to do winners and losers in the draft. Uh, a lot of people want to do who got snubbed. I'm not going to do the whole winners and losers because I like to think that if you get drafted to a respective sport, whether that's the NBA whether that's the WNBA, I think you're doing something good. I mean, you are the top echelon of whatever sport that you play. So I think everyone's a winner if they get drafted. And even if you don't get drafted, you we've seen cases of people. Um, Fred Van Vliet's won in the NBA. We've seen cases of people that even if they don't get drafted, they can still make a huge impact for a team. Um, hell, Fred Van Vliet is an NBA champion, and he was very important to those Toronto Raptors. So... Shouts out to all the women, the young ladies that got drafted, man. And shouts out to the WNBA for putting on a show. However, I do have some, I guess I'll give my reaction slash, uh, slash observations about what I saw. First and foremost, man, these ladies, these ladies, man, they know how to, they know you know, they came out in droves as far as, you know, they 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 dressed to the nines. Um, their families were really hype. Some some of them had I mean, there was uh some of them had a lot of family, some of them didn't. Uh it it was it was a good feel, man. It was a good it was a really good night. It was a good night to see the women and, and how excited they were. Uh of course you'd be excited to get drafted, but it, you know, it, it was just a good night, man. It was it was a good draft. However, there are some picks. Now, of course, I'm going to talk about some of the picks. And again, this is no disrespect to anybody. This is no, um, this is not me saying you shouldn't got drafted or whatever. Everyone that got drafted deserved to get drafted. Everyone that got drafted is deserves to be in the WNBA. They are the top of the class. But there are just some picks and some decisions that I didn't understand. First and foremost, shouts out to... The Dallas Wings, man. The Dallas Wings, they they killed it, man. They 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 got uh they had the first what they had the first overall pick, the second overall pick, and the fifth overall pick. And I think they uh knocked it out the park, getting Charlie Collier, getting Awak Curry, and uh getting Chelsea Dungey. They did a really good job with that, man. I, 
Now, I think, you know, one thing that Dallas had going for it and is they had a lot of guards. They one thing that they did, you know, especially last year, they struggled mightily at center play and and forward play. So the fact that you had the number 1 overall pick and got Charlie Color from Texas, I mean, she she was she was the best player in the draft. A lot of people want to uh but even even if you even if you question if she wasn't, they she got they got the second best player with Awa Kerr um, from Finland. They they definitely addressed what they needed to address. Now, after that, they I mean they also they also got uh, Dana Evans from Louisville, who was a guard. Uh, <laughs> they they went pretty guard heavy though, and 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 that's the thing. Like I'm not you know. There was a lot, and and you you saw you heard Rebecca Lobo and I think in the China Robinson I believe her name is I apologize if I messed it uh, if I messed it up but you saw that because there's so many there's so limited spots in the WNBA usually teams rosters are full at this point so that you get to a point in the draft and you get to like like for Dallas outside of the two positions which is center and power forward which you addressed the first two is like you're pretty much there's you don't really like you're not going to draft another like power forward you're not going to draft another center so who do you draft you know what i mean so um yeah they i think they they did a really good job now they did they have a lot of guards seeing as though now that you have uh chelsea dungy who's a shooting guard you have dana evans who's a point guard and of course the guards that you already have and i think they got a guard in free agency you know it's it's I am curious to see what happens moving forward with that team, uh, seeing as though who stays and who goes, who gets minutes, who doesn't, because they're and I and when I say they're loaded, they're loaded as far as they got some good players. I don't think that I mean I think they only won eight games last year. I don't think that they're good enough to compete for a championship or anything like that. But I do think that they have a lot of young talent, and I think that they did a really good job in the draft. Uh, they, what they did was they addressed their needs at first, getting a center and a, and the best center in the draft, in my opinion. Uh, you know, she's uh, Charlie Charlie Collier. She's six five. She um, she can shoot the three. She can she she can operate down low. And then you got the best forward power forward. So you can pretty much have a twin tower tandem. You know what I mean? So I think they did pretty good. Now there are some decisions and some picks that I didn't understand. Like, don't get me wrong. We're we're gonna go. We're gonna go to four, and I think that's the biggest question mark out of uh, out of out of the entire the entire night. Now I understand, and don't get me wrong. No, none of these women should. I feel all of these women deserve to be drafted, and I'm not saying that they you know they they shouldn't have. However, when you have Arlena, when you have Arlena Gurez, I'm sorry, Garantes, <laughs> when you have Arlena Garantes, who a lot of people were saying she's supposed to be, she's going to be top five, she was good enough to be top five. I mean, she showed out when she was uh, playing for Rutgers. She was one of the best players in college basketball. And for the fever to, I mean, understand that I guess you wanted to address the point guard position but when you get instead of going you go for Kersey uh Gudrizic, who again from West Virginia who there's nothing I mean she's a great player she deserved to be drafted but you I feel like you could have done better you could have got Arlena Garantes, because she was, yes, she's a shooting guard, but she played a lot of the one at Rutgers as well. So I, I just feel like they kind of reach for that. Now, don't get me wrong. Kaiser, uh, Kaiser uh, Garantes was 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 great. You know, she was she was really good at West Virginia, but I just don't think that she was better than. Arlena Garantes, not to mention the fact that Arlena Garantes, she dropped. And and that's the thing. There's a lot of people that went after her. Like, I think that I think that she was better than Chelsea Dungy, who went to the wings. 
I think that she was better than Stephanie Watts. I think that she was better than Aaliyah Wilson. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with these people. There's nothing wrong with these people, and they deserve to be drafted. But these are guards that got picked before her, uh, and like like the Dallas getting uh, Shayla Shayla Hill. Like, don't get me wrong, she's cool from Australia, but we I seen Arlena Garantes, and she was incredible. Not to mention the fact that. And and I kind of understood, I kind of understood as the draft, but I expected Dana Evans, especially, and and here's why I expected Dana Evans to go uh, in the first round. I didn't think she was going to go number one or anything, but Ari, Ari McDonald, she really made her name and made her, made her, she really made her name in the, in the, in the, in March Madness. Uh, She led the Arizona Wildcats all the way to the national championship where they unfortunately lost at the buzzer um, to Stanford. And, you know, she really made her name. And that's what Holly Rowe and Rebecca Lobo and them were saying is that her stock skyrocketed due to March Madness. And that stock got her to number three. Now, do I think that she would have been drafted? Yes, I, I think that she was good enough, especially how she scores. I think she was good enough to get drafted, and I think that she would have got drafted, but I think that she wouldn't have got drafted at number three. I think that due to her success in due to her success in uh in in March, she was it, it, it incredibly boosted her stock. The same, in my opinion, can be said for Dana Evans and kind of more. Dana Evans was killing people when she was at when she, at Louisville. Not to mention, she kind of I feel she did it a little longer and more of a run than than Ari Ari McDonald. Now, do I think that uh, do I think that Ari McDonald getting picked third was a mistake? No, but I do think that if you want a guard or if you if you're going for a point guard, Dana Evans could have been a tad bit better than, like I said, she could have been better than uh, uh, Case, uh, Kaiser, Kaiser, I'm sorry, Kaiser Gondrick. She could have been better than uh, Shayla, uh, Shayla Hill. She could have been better than a lot of guards that went before her. Um, now, again, I understand that teams address needs, you know what I mean? But, again, you pick people you pick people that play the same position that I feel could have done better than her. Um, and she, like I said, she even went to, she went to Dallas, which is cool. But again, like, and that's why I said Dallas got a ton of guards cause they, they've had guards there, but um, you know, it's, 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 it, it's just confusing. It's confusing why some people dropped. It was confusing why Elena, uh, <laughs> it was confusing why Elena Garantes fell, it was kind of confusing why Dana, uh, Dana Evans fell. It was kind of confusing why Dejerna uh, Carrington from Baylor, why she, why she fell. I think that she was pretty good. Why Nadia Jones fell. Why Trinity Baptiste fell. It, it was just a little confusing. You know, I, again, I'm not here. I'm not in these war rooms. I'm not the one making decision. I would be the last person to make a decision. Um, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. But again, shouts out to all the women, they all the women that got drafted deserve to be drafted. And there's a lot of women that didn't get drafted that I feel will still be able to make it to the league, and um, be have a huge impact. You know what I mean? But I do, you know. And shouts out to uh, even I said this on Twitter. Shouts out to uh, Kiana Je- 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 oh, who? Kiana Jeter. Kiana Jeter is a guard from Towson. She's the first guard from Towson to ever get drafted. I think that's huge for the for the school, man. I know they had uh you know they had what's his name? Um I forgot his name, but she he's the she's the first woman to get drafted from Towson. Now being from the DMV, that's pretty huge. Um now I know Towson is kind of deep in, in deep in Baltimore, but you know, it, it's, it's I want to I want to sh- single her out and shouts out to her because she made school history. 
being the first woman ever drafted from Towson. And I think she's only like 5'9". So the fact that a woman that is undersized, and but she she her scoring prowess is crazy, yo. She she will put a bucket on your head. So shouts out to them, man. And shouts out to all the women. I You know, I talked about the Fevers pick. I talked about some of the people falling. But at the end of the day, everyone put on a great show everyone was deserving of getting drafted again shouts out to the families i remember um malika on like her her grandmother in the background was was great and that family was deep bro and i just like the fact that it i think i told you this before when i think the WNBA did it the first time i think that we're we're forever seeing the draft not just WNBA, but draft in general change um I think that, of course, when when the world gets back right, uh, if the world gets back right, I think that they'll they'll have still the the invite people to the draft. But I think that the leagues, the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, the MLB, I think that they're going to utilize Zoom a lot more. I think they're going to utilize that whole interview from home, have the family in the background feel. Like, I, I feel they're going to do that more because I think it's been a huge success for the WNBA because what we've seen has been great. And, I've, and other news about the WNBA since we're kind of here is there have been talks of an extension, I mean expansion, which I think that that I think that we should be all for. I mean, at this point, I think there's only, what, uh, 12 teams in the league? Uh, and... I think that when you have there's so which which kind of boggles down the draft and it kind of it kind of ball it, it it really makes it tough to make it in the WNBA seeing as though like I said there's I think there's only like 12 teams in the WNBA and it's like it's like how do you expect a, a league to grow with only 12 teams like that you know and so and they're, again they're 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 talking about they're talking about expanding it to maybe another team or another two teams, which I'm definitely all for. Not only does it give another experience, uh, another not, it just gives us two more teams to cheer for. It gives what, however many roster spots for another, for more women to come on. And it, it just expands the league. When you have a league like the NFL that has what, 30, 32 teams, the NBA has 30. Uh, I, and I think that, of course, you're going to say money wise, but I think more time, like especially this 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 period in time, the WNBA is more famous or is is a lot bigger than it's ever been. I understand in the beginning, you know, it was exciting, but now we, we have women movements, we have you know women empowerment, we have so much stuff that's revolved around the WNBA. I feel this is the perfect time to have expansion teams. Because, like I said, the popularity is at an all-time high. Not to mention, not just the popularity, but the the quality of 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 players, the quality of games at an all-time high. It's like you see players like like Elena Deladon. You see players like Sue Bird. You see players like Maya. Moore, well, not Maya Moore, but you see the the talent level is is at an all-time high. Like even the draft, Charlie Collier, she's great. Uh, Ari McDonald, she's great. Awat Kerr, she's great. Chelsea Dungey, she's great. Hell, you can go all the way to the second round. Uh, Dana Evans, she was really good. Alina Garentes, uh, she's good. Dee Dee Richards, she's good. Um, it's it's just the, the level of talent. I mean, all the women are good. Don't get me wrong, but the level of level of talent coming into the league and that's already in there is at an all time high. So I think that the talks now make sense of an expansion. And I think that more. I think the league is closer to doing it than not seeing as though the product that they're putting out, they're putting out an incredible, incredible product. The women have been incredible. I think again, the, the pay wise, then it needs to get a little better, which it has increased over the last few years. But I do think it, I mean, it's still not on the level. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, which is unfortunate, but I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Well, where WNBA players are making as much as NBA players. But I do like the fact that the conversation is continuously being had, and at least it looks like the WNBA is trying to improve day after day, uh, year after year, on the product that it's putting out. Uh, we saw the jerseys. Hell, we even saw the jersey debacle this week, man. Uh, and I didn't know about it, so I apologize for not knowing and speaking on it. For people that don't know, 
I think the Dallas Wings, they had a Rebels jersey that was the WASP, W-A-S-P. Um, however, if you did some backstory, which I, I, I did not, which I apologize about, if you did some backstory, you realize that I don't think, I think that the women and minorities were kind of uh, kind of like quieted and hushed out and moved aside with for the WASP, even though that they were a huge part of it. And because of that, they didn't really rock with it like that. So I know Dallas, a lot of people that bought the jersey, they got refunds and everything. And Dallas, they kind of, uh, they kind of, they, they recalled the jerseys and everything. So I don't think that they'll be having that jersey. And the Washington Mystics, um, the Rise jersey, for people that didn't see, uh, they have a tr- the trim of the jersey has like the 19th Amendment that, you know, kind of spoke to women. However, what I didn't know, women didn't have the opportunity to vote on it. So a lot of people were calling for the the Mystics to kind of get rid of that jersey as well. Um, but all, all that being said, I do think that the WNBA is doing a really good job in, in its growth. I think it's growing, and I think that this is the time, better than any time that it's, we've seen, to have more teams uh, and, and to definitely expand. And I, and, and I know one of the biggest fears of expansion is the loss of money. However, like I said, with the popularity at an all-time high with the WNBA, um, the, the talent level that's coming in and that's already there at an all-time high, and the fact that the WNBA is usually first on a lot of things, even though it doesn't get a lot of press about it, it's usually first and, 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 and better at a lot of things than, than the men's sports are. I think that this is the perfect time for an expansion. And again, shouts out and congratulations to all the women that got drafted uh, the other night. And, and and I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what they're able to put on the floor. After the draft, I guess, and I'll, and I'll say this, there are some teams, like right now the, the aces are loaded, man. The aces are loaded. Seattle is loaded. Um the Aces, Seattle, Washington, we're going to see what they do. Even though the Washington didn't, didn't have a draft pick, you know, they still have a great coach. They still have Natasha Cloud. They still have uh, Tina Charles. They still have uh, Adele Deladon. They have some really good pieces. Um, but like I said, I, I just I don't really see outside of maybe Washington, um, outside of, I mean, I, maybe those three. I don't really see anybody. It's, it's going to be tough for me not to see. I, I, I'll be surprised if we don't see an Aces and a Seattle finals again. Like they they are loaded and they got they got some really good pieces. I mean they and, and they already have pieces. I mean you have Kelsey Plum coming back, uh, Liz Kim Bage, um, Aja Wilson. Like they they are pretty loaded. Um, the, the the sparks are are pretty loaded too. They 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 did really good in the draft, and of course, when you have the Bumake and and everything, and then Chicago. I don't know Chicago. You know, yeah, Chicago Sky getting Shayla Hill, also getting um, uh, Candace Parker. Like uh, this is going to be a, an exciting season, man. I'm excited to see the product, and I think that the talent level, like I said, is better than ever. But I would be surprised if we don't see an Aces. Seattle um, final because I mean even though you lost uh, I know Seattle lost uh, I forgot her name which escaped me I apologize they still have Brianna Stewart who is arguably one of the greatest women basketball players ever so I'm excited to see what this season brings man I really am and and again congratulations and shouts out to all the women that got drafted um, to the WNBA this year so there's that moving forward so the biggest, probably the biggest news in the NBA came suddenly and, and un- unexpectedly, and that was Lamarcus Aldridge retiring due to an irregular heart uh, heartbeat that he experienced, I think, earlier this week. Um, here's the thing about Lamarcus Aldridge: Lamarcus Aldridge has been dealing with this his entire career. Uh, I remember his early days in Portland; he 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 was dealing with this, and of course. You didn't really hear much about it in San, uh, San Antonio, but definitely early in his career, you heard about this. And in um, at Texas, you heard about it. 
So the fact that he said that this was the worst and scariest it's ever been lets me know that, oh, this was serious, seeing as though you've already dealt with it. Um, I'll say this, man. LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, he's one of those players that were good but just wasn't loud. You know what I mean? Like It's kind of like a Tim Duncan. I'm not saying he's as good as Tim Duncan. Chill out. But what I'm saying is Tim Duncan had an incredible game. He just wasn't loud with it. Kobe had a loud game. Um, Tim Kevin Garnett had a loud game. Uh, KD has a loud game. And when I say loud, they score buckets at an all-time high. They're loud with it. They'll they'll yell. LeBron James has a loud game. Steph Curry has a loud game. There's people that 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 don't have a loud game, but are are sneaky or incredibly effective. They just aren't as flashy as other people, like a Tim Duncan, like a Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge more could go will go down as one of the greatest mid-range shooting bigs we've ever seen. I'm not saying he's the greatest, but we Lamarcus Aldridge his his high release, his mid-range jumper set him apart and why he's one of more than likely he's going to end up in as I feel Portland might probably retire his jersey cuz he was that good. Um and this is and this is a huge blow. Him retiring is a huge blow for Brooklyn. Don't get me. I understand Brooklyn has KD and Kyrie and James Harden and and Blake Griffin, but Lamarcus Aldridge had can play center better than Blake Griffin. And I think that now, of course, defensively, they're they're still the, the whole team sucks. But I think Lamarcus Aldridge's ability to play center and kind of take some of the pressure off of. DeAndre Jordan and able to operate and score at that center position was huge. What what the Mongols all just did things that nobody else on the team could do or nobody else on the team does regularly. Like yes, Kevin Durant, Ke- Durant, huh. Kevin Durant can uh can can shoot mid range and score at a high level. So can James Harden. Well, he doesn't really do that, but so can Kyrie. But the fact that. LaMarcus Aldridge is able to use angles and he is he's he's money from mid-range and he's a and he's a lot better mid he's a lot better score I'm not saying dunker but a lot better score than Blake Griffin so that's a huge blow but shouts out to LaMarcus Aldridge for putting his health above basketball like at the end of the day I love basketball to death I play basketball at least three or four times a week um I love the game of basketball and I understand, and I'm not even in the league. I don't get paid for it. I understand how tough it is to make a decision to walk away. And I couldn't imagine the, t- the decision when you got money on the line. This is your livelihood. And you have to be, you know, I understand the whole basketball lifer, you know, like I understand football lifers and how tough it is for them to walk away or how tough it is for them to figure out what to do after basketball or after football. So I can imagine how tough it was for LaMarcus Aldridge to make this decision. Um, do I think that he is a Hall of Famer? Um, I don't know. And, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say I don't know, and I'll stick by that because stats-wise, yeah. I mean, he's one of 19 players of all time to, I think, score like over 2,500 points or something like that. Um Marcus Aldridge is a great person, but I think that it kind of goes – again, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Stats-wise, he is, but it kind of goes back to the whole flashy thing, and I don't – he wasn't as great as a Tim Duncan, but, you know, he he did have a great game. So I, I don't know, and I think it's a little too early to say, but I do want to congratulate uh, LaMarcus Aldridge for making that decision and putting his health – over um over basketball which a lot of people don't do and again he goes down in my opinion as one of the greatest portland players to ever play i mean you see so many you see portland legends you see damian lillard i know brandon roy said something uh we people understand how important lamarcus aldridge is to portland and honestly if you're a real basketball fan people know how good lamarcus aldridge was his entire career again lamarcus aldridge will go down as one of the greatest mid-range shooters to ever play. Like, I would say, 
it's I, people call it blasphemy, but honestly, Lamarcus Aldridge's mid-range game is on the same level as like a Carmelo Anthony back in the day. Carmelo, we all know how great, but as it goes back to a loud game versus a a, a, a more quiet game. Carmelo Anthony has more of a loud game. He's more of a scorer. Of course, he's better than Marcus Aldridge when it comes to putting the ball on the ground and shooting threes. But when we talk about mid-range, people, a lot of people want to look at Carmelo Anthony as one of the greatest mid-range shooters to ever play. I think LaMarcus Aldridge has to be up there, you know, and and, and I think he's he's made a name for that. And, again, shouts out to Mar- LaMarcus Aldridge, and I hope that his health gets back to – where it needs to get back to. So, shouts out to you, and I hope I, I I wish nothing for the best, nothing but the best for Lamarcus Aldridge. And it was a pleasure watching him throughout the years. Again, he, a lot of people that were just casual fans may not know the impact or may not know how good Lamarcus Aldridge was, but true basketball fans and people that have been watching the NBA for as long as he's been in there or as long as they've been alive understand when you hear Lamarcus Aldridge's name, you kind of know how important that or how good he was. That's why a lot of people are upset when they got LaMarcus Aldridge from I understand he he might not be in his prime, but LaMarcus Aldridge is still a bucket. LaMarcus Aldridge is still tough. I mean, he has a 56 point game, I believe. He has a 50 and he has a whole bunch of 40 40 plus point games. So for people to say, "Oh, he's a bum or a scrub," and I clearly ain't watch him in 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 Portland cuz that man and he and I think he had a 50 point game in San Sandy uh San Antonio. So Shouts out to LaMarcus, man. Shouts out to him. But with LaMarcus leaving, it kind of made me think about something. So some of our, you know, the league is in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, the league is in a weird place right now, but not in a bad way. When you look at some of our current stars, LeBron, KD, Kyrie, I mean, uh, Curry, Kawhi, they're on, they're, they're not younglings and or young springs anymore you know what i mean like lebron james he, he he'll be 40 in five years <laughs> uh kd i mean kd and, and curry will be upwards of 36 37 in five years you know what i mean and it's like i wanted to say i i wanted i was thinking about where the league will be in five years because we're at a time where lebron james is getting a little older um kd is getting a little older uh, curry's getting a little older and while I think that they could still be here in five years, I don't think that their games will warrant them to be the greatest player or the best player in the league, which, you know, is an argument between LeBron and, and other players. Or, you know, I think Curry will still be able to shoot, but I think he'll be, what, 30, 38, 39 in five years. I just, I just don't think he, uh, he'll be shooting like, like he's shooting now. So it got me thinking. What I wanted to do was I wanted to do my top five players in in five years. Now, I don't I don't I again this is my this is my list. I always preface this by saying this is my list, so it could be I could be wrong, I could be right, who knows? But looking at the landscape of the league, when I said it's in a weird place, because I believe in five years it's going to look completely different. When I say completely different. We're going to look at players differently. There's going to be players that have been elevated. There's going to be players that maybe have been, you know, kind of lowered their status. And I don't think we're going to look at, even though we know the legacy that LeBron James leaves, we're not going to look at LeBron James as the best player in the league anymore. We're not going to look at KD as arguably the second best player. We're not going to look at Curry as one of the best players because I think their age. I don't think that that's going to, you know, I don't think that it minimizes what they do, or I don't think that that, you know, I, I think that they still have um, status in the league, of course, but it's more off legacy at that point. So, I, again, I wanted to think in five years who is going to be the top five players in the league. Um, and it was tough, man. A couple people that didn't make the cut, John Morant. We know how explosive John Morant is. Uh, <laughs> John Morant is, 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 Jesus, like his his bounce ability and the fact that he's able to lead a team, a later team, especially a team that has Jaron Jackson, who's injured. Uh, I think I I don't know if he'll make the, I, he didn't make the cut, in my opinion, but he'll definitely be up there. Of course, we got Devin Booker. I mean, he scored 70 points a game and we know or not a game, but we see scored 70 points in a game. And we know how good Devin Booker is, especially scoring wise. He is. 
He's an elite scorer. He'll give you 40 to 50 any night. And that's, I think that that's not going to change, especially with his age. Donovan Mitchell didn't make the cut for me. but he, And these are people that, of course, honorable mentions, I guess you could say. I think these people are still going to be great, but I just they just didn't make my top five. <laughs> but Donovan Mitchell, I think that what he's doing in Utah can definitely change. I think that what he's doing in Utah – Especially with how Utah chain, you know, is is a is building around him with him and Rudy Gobert. I think that they could be primed to win a championship sometime. I, I do think that they need to bring in maybe another score that can kind of create for their own, for themselves. But Donovan Mitchell definitely would be up there in five years. So would Trey Young. I think Trey Young's the closest thing. Now, now, before I say this, there will never be another Curry. I'm I will I will stand on my soapbox and say that there will never be another Curry, but I do think that Trey Young is the closest thing that we have to Curry right now, um, as far as his ability to shoot long distance and stuff like that. So, you know, I got I got I got Trey Young, um, Nikola Jokic. I think he'll be I think he'll be like twenty nine or thirty years old. The only reason why he didn't make my list because I need to see how it's it's kind of tough when you don't know how bigs bigs um age some bigs age really well some bigs don't that's why Joel B didn't make my list he'll still be young but even now he's dealing with injury I don't know how he's going to to fare um I think Damian Lillard didn't make my list because I think he'll be a little a little up there in age and we, we need to see what happens with him in Portland but those are my honorable mentions, I guess. And again, there's no taking. I, that, John Morant's still great. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, uh, Nicole Jokic, Damian Lillard, um, Joel Embiid. These are all Jalen Brown. These are all still really good players. They just didn't make my list. And let's get to the list. This is our number five. Number five, I have Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will be 29 in five years. And Ben Simmons, because of his speed, his size, his agility, He's one of the better defenders, especially at the whatever position he plays. He's one of the better defenders in the league. And a lot of people want to knock him, including myself sometimes. A lot of people want to knock him on his inability to shoot. However, when you look, he still dominates the game in so many areas. He dominates the game defensively. He dominates the pace of the game. And he dominates as far as getting other people involved as well as getting to the rim. Um I there's a reason why a lot of people look at Philly, at least this year, a lot of people look at Philly and say that they have enough to win a championship. And it's not just because Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. It's because it's also because Ben Simmons is on a on a on a on a level right now that he can arguably he might just win the defensive player of the year and. He's also, I mean, he'll give you 42. I mean, he gave 42 to Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert is a two-time defending, uh, two-time defensive player of the year. So, I think Ben Simmons will only get better with age. I, I've kind of lost faith in him developing a shot. I do think his confidence will, will will be up there to maybe shoot more, but I just don't think he'll ever be able to. I mean, at this point, it doesn't look like he's making a concerted effort to improve his shot. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he still dominates. And that's why with his size, his defensive his defensive ability, his, his ability to see the floor, his ability to control the pace of the game, that's why I have him at number five uh, as far as the who will be the top five players in five years. Number four, I have Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum will be 28. Um, <laughs> Jason Tatum just had a 53-point game. Now, I will say this. I knew Jason Tatum will be good coming out of Duke. But I didn't think that he would be this good this early. His length and his scoring ability makes him, uh, man. Like, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people right now that have him in the top ten list right now. And I, I'm not one of those people, but I do think that he is a at least top fifteen to top twenty player. And I think that that will only grow. Jason Tatum is incredible, bro. And in his, I do think he needs to improve a little bit defensively, and I do think he needs to improve getting his teammates involved. But when we just talk about his scoring aspect, he is and like Jason Taylor. And I know people are gonna kill me because because people 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 hate this man. But Jason Tatum reminds me a lot of a younger Indiana Pacers Paul George. Like people, his 
Paul George's and, and a little bit now, like when he's on, when he's on, he's on. But Paul George's game is so smooth and and the way he's able to to find his shot and get to the rim, that's kind of what Jason Tatum does. He's just I mean, he's younger. So I, I think Jason Tatum at least will be the you know, fourth on my list as best players in the league, you know what I mean, going moving forward. Number three, I have Zion. Now it was really hard between two and three because Zion, he'll be, tw- I didn't realize he'll be 25 in five years. Like Zion is, Zion will be younger than me than I am now in five years. And that's, man, the fact that he had, he's probably, at least right now, one of the most unstoppable players we've ever seen with his size and his ability to, to his his strength and his ability to dunk on anybody and get to the rim with, with ease. And, and the fact that I do think that he needs to improve his shot. But I think that Zion is a lot more than just... Now, I will say this, though, before I... For a person that athletic, for a person with that much agility, for a person with that much bounce, the fact that he is god-awful at defense, or he didn't even try on defense, I think that he needs to most definitely improve on that. But Zion Zion at this, at this stage cannot be stopped. Um... He his his he looks at double teams like, dude, are you serious? We got only two people. Like he, Zion, we've never seen anyone like that. And I do think one reason why I put him at third is I do his his ability to shoot needs to be better. His defense most definitely needs to improve. But I still don't know. He did lose some weight, so congratulations with that. But I still don't know if his body type, the way it is now is cohesive in winning as far as far as when I say cohesive winning I don't know like he's he's still pretty big in my opinion so while that works with his advantage that also kind of makes him an easier target for injuries and I I of course I don't want to see anybody injured I don't want to see him injured but that's definitely something that kind of is on the back of my mind like he could get hurt anytime and and he's huge so who knows? But and, and of course he came into the league with injury with the knee and everything. So but that's why I have him third because he's unstoppable. Like his his strength and his speed and his agility and his finishing ability around the rim, whether it's a dunk or a contact layup, he is second to none as far as right now. So that I have Zion number three. I have Luca at number two. I mean Luca will be twenty seven. Luca's ability to his dribbling ability, his 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 feel for the game is like that of a veteran. Now I know it definitely helped that he's been playing professional overseas since he was like sixteen, but his his knowledge of the game now and his his ability to you know pace themselves and his ability to get to the rim and his shooting ability, especially this jump, the step back three. His step back three is so good now. People will want to compare him to James Harden, who a lot of people think is arguably the greatest step back shooter ever. Um, Luka, I just don't see Luka's, Luka's game to me will develop and improve like fine wine, seeing as though he's not the most athletic as far as he's not about to yam on you. He's not the most, he's not the, he's not the most, you know, brute, force a player but he his his game is just smooth and is smart and he's he knows angles and he he does crazy trick shots and you know he 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 gets his players involved he's probably outside of maybe Ben Simmons which I think Luca might be better at you know seeing angles and getting assist and 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 getting their players and getting their teammate involved as far as assist I don't think I don't see Luca's game falling off anytime soon and that's why I have Matt too and and I think He's so good now, just with time and experience and, and age, he could he could arguably be the best player in five years. I am not gonna far go far as I'm not gonna go as far as saying that, which which you'll see who I have at number one, but I have Luca at number uh two. And at number one, I have Giannis. Giannis to be thirty one. At at this moment, a lot of people argue if Giannis is arguably the best player in the league seeing as though he's arguably the most unstoppable player from getting from coast or going coast to coast um 
of course, we know the biggest detriment of Giannis is his shooting ability, especially outside of the paint. I mean, he's shooting like like ninety percent in the paint, but like it's it's horrible when come when we talk about three point. Now his three point has improved, but it's it's not good. However, Giannis at this moment, a lot of people are are questioning if he's the best player in the league, and I think that's just going to improve. I mean, his body's going to get. I mean, I mean, he'll he'll be thirty one in five years. So, I think hopefully his 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 um shooting ability improves. I mean, I think he was second last year in uh, off. I mean, he's a two time MVP. He was second in Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, and or first. I think no, he won Defensive Player of the Year. I'm sorry, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He's a two time MVP. I mean, Jan, it's, it, it's I just think that that's going to improve. And I think that it's especially if he gets a shot. That's one thing everyone says. Giannis, it's scary to think of how Giannis, how good Giannis could be if he develops a shot. And, you know, I I, I think the league will be in a really good place. Even though I said it's in a weird place because even though we're not really thinking about it, this, our stars are getting up there in age. I'm not saying that they're breaking down or anything, but – you know, the people that we've grown up with or the people that we're used to seeing, like I said, a LeBron, a KD, a Curry, Kawhi, um, James Harden would be up there in a little bit. Um, you know, our stars are going to be a little older soon. And some of them are going to be like, especially, I don't know. Now, LeBron is a freak athlete, but a lot of these players are getting to that, getting to that, um, getting to that age where they're going to start thinking about retirement. Uh, now I know medicine and and training is different, so a lot of a lot of players can and a lot of players can play longer than usual, but they're gonna start getting towards that you know thirty six, thirty seven, thirty four, thirty five. That those especially in 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 history, those are retiring ages. So I'm ex- I, I, I I'm excited to see what's next as far as who the next stars are going to be. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to hold on to the stars that we have as long as we have them. But like I said, the, the league could look a lot different in five years. And hell, the league can look a lot different in two years. But those are the, the, the five players that I think will shine brightest in five years and could arguably be in conversation for best players in the league, the five that I just said. So there's that. Um, moving forward. And my last topic, what I wanted to do was we saw a lot of movement, and we're going to move over the NFL. We saw a lot of movement this 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 offseason in the NFL. There was a lot of big names that moved. And there's still a lot of free agents. Like I said, I talked about last week, you know, Antonio Brown, still a free agent. Melvin Ingram, still a free agent. Um, Russell Okuh, still a free agent. There's a Steve Nelson. There's a lot of free agents that still – but there has been a lot of movement uh, this, this offseason. Um in the NFL. And what I wanted to do was for my last topic, I wanted to do my top five, like who has most to prove my five players that have the most to prove, um, whether it's due to injury or, or whether it's because they're in the new spot. These are the five players that I think have the most to prove. Number one or number five, I have Jadavion Clowney. Now, the reason why I said he hasn't enough to prove because a lot of people, I mean, he's in former number one overall pick. It hasn't worked. It didn't work in Houston. It didn't work in um, it didn't work in Houston. It didn't work in Seattle, and it didn't work in Tennessee. He had maybe one or two good years in Houston, and those good years were with J.J. Watt out. A lot of people are saying that because of the move to get Jadavion Clowney and and play him alongside a Miles Garrett, that this could this could make um. Cleveland a Super Bowl contending team but if you couldn't do that against prime J.J. Watt he he's prime J.J. Watt is arguably one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen I'm not saying he is but he's one of the greatest at least top maybe 10 and if that's the case you know the attention he's getting so He's getting all that attention, and you can't thrive like with that. And and I and I'm not saying Miles Garrett's bad, but he's not prime JJ Watt. And then you go to Seattle, which they need you. Like Seattle's defense, we all know, has been god awful since the Legion of Boom. And 
they picked you to go there and make a huge impact and you didn't. And then you go to Tennessee and you didn't make an impact like at all. You maybe you didn't really, I mean, Tennessee's defense wasn't good. So I say he has a lot to prove because he's a former number one overall pick. A lot of people are saying because of this move and because he's playing alongside, you know, Miles Garrett and that incredible defense that he he puts them over the top. They should get to the, they should get, to the Super Bowl, a lot of people are saying, I'm not saying that, but a lot of people are saying they can at least make it to the AFC Championship with this roster. Now, I say he has a lot to prove because, again, you're a former number one overall pick and you haven't worked in your last three destinations. And at some point, people are going to start looking and saying, and they could have gotten to this point, at least I've gotten to this point, where it's like, I don't know what to expect. I mean, there, I don't expect much from him, even though he's in the number one overall pick. I don't expect much because he's been to different places and has not produced. So I think that he uh, he has a lot to prove as far as is he the number one? I mean, I know how incredible he was at South Carolina, but at this point in his career, the number one overall pick has not been warranted. He has not been good enough, and he hasn't played well enough to solidify him being a number one overall pick. And I think that he – you know, this is another work. This is another situation. I mean, another team. And th- a lot of people are saying because they picked him up, they are good enough to at least make it to AFC Championship slash Super Bowl because of him being on the team. And I think he has a lot to prove in that manner. Number four, I have Cam Newton. Now, as far as total career, Cam Newton does not have much to to um, does not have much to prove. He was a rookie of the year, set a rookie record for I think touchdowns. Um, he led a Panthers team to 15 and one. He was an MVP. He has a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl um, appearance. He's arguably one of the greatest rushing quarterbacks we've ever seen. Cam Newton, as far as a total career, has nothing to prove. However, if we just look at what we saw last year or the last few years to this year, he has a lot to prove. Of course, the year before last, coming off injury with the shoulder. He was having the best season as far as stat-wise he's ever, I mean, the most accurate season he's ever had uh, before the shoulder injury. And then, of course, we know what happened last year with uh, with New England. They didn't have a lot of pieces around him. Of course, he, COVID hit him, and, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of hard being out as long as he was out. And it was hard for everyone. Of course, shouts out to the people that were able to get through it, but it was hard for everyone with the COVID. This year, you know, a lot of people were saying Cam Newton should retire. A lot of people saying Cam Newton was the biggest problem in New England. I was one of the people that saying, I mean, if you look at the freaking, you know, people around him, you had Nikhil Harry and uh, Jacoby Meyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had, you had, the the, the piece you had around was god awful. But I say he has a lot to prove because, you know, you, you come back. They they get two really good tight ends. They get um, while they don't have top top players, you do get Kendrick Bourne. You do get uh, Nelson Aguilar. You get better receivers. So now they they helped you. You've been helped. They give you the pieces. Now it's up to you to prove that last year was more the fact that it was the first year in the system. You didn't have a lot of pieces around you. Now what we're going to start to see, now to me. While you don't have, I mean, Patrick Mahomes level talent, you do have better talent around you. And it's really up to Cam Newton to see how far they go. Now, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, not to mention that there's a lot of players that opted out last year that will be coming back. Um, So I, I think that Cam Newton has a lot to prove saying that last year was more of other things instead of him just being as bad as he was. Um, now I think he had eight touchdowns to like 10 interceptions. Like it was, it wasn't good. Um, and I, 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 I was, I was on the fence. I mean, not since I was on my soapbox saying, look at the talent around him. He had COVID look, look how good he was before COVID. Um, but I think Cam Newton does have something to prove to say now that you have two tight ends now that you have uh, more or better receivers than you have, the running game should be better. Um, it's, it's on him. It's on him to 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 prove us to to, to prove that last year was more of an outlier year than than the norm at this point. 
Number three, I have Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, and, and I say number three because Matthew Stafford has been re- Matthew Stafford has never has never been on a team that was good enough, or he's never been on a team that you thought was good enough to at least win anything. I mean, yes, you had Megatron, and you had you know you you had that, but he's never been on a team that you need that had expectations of winning. That's most definitely different now that you're on the L.A. Rams. The defense is incredible. You have incredible pieces as far as offensively. A lot of people are saying that this team, at least on paper, the roster-wise, the roster-wise ha- is good enough to – they should be good enough to make it to at least an NFC championship. And a lot of that – a lot of people were saying that the reason why the reason why uh, the Rams were held back the last few years was because of Jared Goff. And then you bring in Matthew Stafford, who a lot of people, including myself, feels is better than Jared Goff and should have a better should be better than Jared Goff. I think that, you know, they they should be good enough to at least make it to the AFC championship or at least close. So. I think Matthew Stafford has a lot to to to, to you know has has a lot to prove not to mention while he hasn't missed a lot of games due to injury he has he has been injured almost every season um of course he's a warrior and he's fought through and everything but again Matthew we're, we're waiting to see is this the you know is Matthew Stafford just a guy that can give you a lot of great stats on a trash team with no expectations to him or is he the, you know, because hell, he wasn't, he didn't even win the this SEC in freaking in Georgia, and he, I mean, we know how much of a gunslinger he is. So, I think that I think Matthew Stafford has a lot to prove. I think uh, he has. There's a lot of people that say you gave up too much for him. Um, a lot of people were saying that. Uh, of course, we know I, we feel he's an upgrade from Jared Goff, but at what cost? Um, but I think that you know, I, I think. I think it'd be good, but I do think he has a lot to prove. Uh, number two, I have Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was arguably the worst quarterback last year, um, and that is coming off, of course, injuries and everything, but he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, even though it was off an injury, and we know what happened with Nick Foles. But before the Nick, before that injury, he was on pace to win the MVP. Uh, and... Carson Wentz, a lot of people were saying that he could be the next great quarterback, seeing as though he was on pace to win the MVP that year before he got hurt, and then we know what happened when Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. But last year, he was god-awful. Now, a lot of people, there's there's people are saying that's due to the fact that, you know, we Philly year after year dealing with injuries. Uh, his, his entire offensive line was decimated. His entire wide receiver core was decimated. We know the relationship between him and Doug Peterson. Um, we also know the relationship between Doug Peterson and the front office. There was just a lot that went wrong with uh, with Philly, and Carson Wentz was one of them. And there's a lot of people now that are saying because Carson Wentz goes to Indi- uh, Indianapolis and, you know, he's, he's, he's reunited with Frank Reich, a lot of people are saying that Indianapolis could make it to a, a, a division championship. A lot of people are saying they have Super Bowl aspirations because of him. Now, he has to be better than Phillip Rivers. If Phillip, if he's not better than Phillip Rivers, then this is a is a god off. Now, I will say this though: Phillip Rivers was better than him last year. I will say that. But you know, with the pieces around him, he has the firepower and the defense to to at least make some noise in the in the AFC playoffs. It's just. Was the Carson Wentz last year just doing too much or was everything around him due to the injuries and his relationships and stuff with with his coaching? Was that the like uh, was the Carson Wentz that we've seen the norm or was that just a one year thing? Because if the, the Carson Wentz that we got when he almost when he was a front runner for the MVP before he got hurt, if that's the Carson Wentz that we get, then this was a I mean, he could he could make it to a Super Bowl or could make it to at least an AFC championship. Um, but if this is the Carson Wentz that we saw last year, then ah, 
that's why I said he's number two on he has a lot to prove. And number one, to me, is not hard as Sam Darnold. It, there again, there's people that are, you know, you get traded to the Panthers, and while I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think they're good enough to, you know, win a win a Super Bowl or get to a championship or this that, and third. A lot of people, it's as, again, it's a, it's a, it's it's like you're on one side or the other. You're on the side of Sam Darnold's god awful. He's horrible. This is a bad trade. They gave up so much for him. He sucks. Or you're on the side where, well, if you look. He never had a. I mean, he had Adam Gates as a coach. He never had an all. The only offensive weapon that he had was Robbie Anderson, and he gets traded away. He's never had an offensive line. He's never had a running game that was solid. He's never had really anything around him. He never had a coaching staff that believed in him or a good coaching staff at that. We need to see. They need to be successful as far as when I say they, I mean Carolina. Carolina needs to be successful because of Sam Darnold and. When I say he has a lot to prove, he has a lot. As again, was it mostly him? Was he the re- was he that bad because that's just who he is, or was he that bad because of everything around him? It's kind of like the Carson Wentz syndrome, but on a whole nother level. Car, like Sam Darnold has been God has been awful his entire career, but that's because I, I a lot of people are 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 wondering, and including myself, is that because. Again, you have Adam Gase, and Adam Gase had us thinking Ryan Tannehill was god-awful, and we see how good Ryan Tannehill is in Tennessee. Hell, Ryan, Adam Gase has only, only gets his claim to fame because he was a coach for Peyton Manning, but I don't think it's that hard coaching one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, like I said, is it because of Adam Gase? Is it because they're, they've never had an offensive weapon outside of Robbie Anderson and he got traded away? Is it because their offensive line has been arguably the worst offensive line almost in league history? Is it because their run game has been got off? I mean, they thought that that 80-year-old Frank Gore was going to change their running back, uh, <laughs> change their running back fortunes. Like, that's the Jets. So, again... I think that Sam Darnold has a lot to prove, man. And 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 this year, I mean, you have the running game in 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 Christian McCaffrey. You have players like Robbie Anderson. You get reunited with um, DJ Moore. You have a really good tight end. You have Matt Rule as a coach, who a, a, a lot of people think is a really good coach. You have a good offensive line. You have a good defense. Now it's it's you have the pieces that they said you didn't have in, at the Jets. Do you now succeed or do you look like you've looked for a while? That's what we have to wait and see. And that's why I think he's the number one player and the number one person that has to prove something next year. And there you have it. I appreciate you guys. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Um, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. If you... Um, like what I'm wearing. If you want an unpopular podcast hoodie, if you want an unpopular podcast sweatshirt, uh, shirts, we have uh, joggers. We have different designs. It's in the link in the description below. Whatever you want, just just go to the link. You'll see it. I, I believe the prices are affordable. It would mean a lot. You know what I mean? If you want some unpopular podcast merch, link in the description below. But I appreciate you guys. Uh, I love you guys. And until next time. Much love. Don't you try coming and slip. I 
put a four in the A and a W, and I've been sipping on sex. All three of my cards got ice on the bezels. Shit came from the treasures. You speak on my name and it came with depression. We started discretion. I flew the bitch in way out from Australia. The global express. I told a little nigga don't call with no message. Cause we killed a messenger. My bitch got the drink with the bean. 400k large on her ring. Half a meal, don't you tell what you see. I'm a boss up this street, hold your shit in me. How your jet land at John F. Kennedy? It's a 16 passenger genie. Pull it down with this whole world, you kidding me? I see my dog, she got the scene. I can't even hide from the hole. All of this motherfucker, I see my ring. Don't get beside yourself when you see King. Pussy hoe speak. I rock design the bills. Not none of one of them wrestling things. I do this shit with no pressure. Run up the backers and put up the extra. You cannot stop with the steppers. You can't put dirt on a nigga that's clean. You cannot run up and check us. I'm with the slime, my twin, he bleed. I got 25 shooters on a sprint. Brought brand new text with glass and beans. Like thugger and weed.